Hello and thank you for joining us for this edition of HR Radio, where we will be discussing the state of workplace fairness in Singapore. I'm Aditi from the HRO team and let me tell you about what we have in store for today's discussion. In August 2023, Singapore's government accepted the final set of 22 recommendations by the Tripartite Committee on Workplace Fairness. This was a huge milestone for employees, employers and the society. In fact, Minister for Manpower Dr. Tan Si Leng has said of the workplace fairness legislation that it marks a significant step in Singapore's employment law and it will be scoped to achieve three wins, preserve harmonious workplaces, better protect workers and support business growth in Singapore. So today we have a special guest who is going to decode this development for us, Faith Lee the General Manager of the Tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices, also known as TAFEP. TAFEP, as most of you would know, works closely with the Ministry of Manpower to ensure employers adhere to the Tripartite Guidelines on Fair Employment Practices and the Fair Consideration Framework. So let's give a warm welcome on HR Radio to Faith Lee. Hi Faith, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Hi, Aditi. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Absolutely. Let me get started with the questions. Uh, the first question I have for you today is, can you tell us about the role of TAFEP in ensuring the state of workplace fairness in Singapore? Uh, sure. So TAFEP has been around uh, for more than 15 years. We were set up in 2006 by the Tripartite Partners, so uh, Ministry of Manpower, uh, the National Trade Union Congress as well as the Singapore National Employers Federation. And we have two key roles. Uh, first, uh, with the employers, we really want to help employers and HR professionals to build fair and progressive employment practices. And uh, we do that by uh, giving briefings, having lots of resources on our website, and really uh, providing guidance la, that they may need um, in a whole range of uh, employment practices, uh, including things like flexible work, for example. Second, TAFEP also plays a role with the employees. We provide assistance and advice to uh, individuals who may have encountered unreasonable employment practices, including workplace discrimination, workplace harassment. And uh, TAFEP actually takes all these reports very seriously. Uh, we look into these reports and then work with employers and HR professionals to correct the practices where relevant um, because we see that as quite a long-term and sustainable approach. Um, in the end, we don't just want to address that specific case of workplace discrimination. We want to make sure that the practices and processes are in place in the long run uh, for the rest of the organization. And then if there are really errant employers, then we work with the Ministry of Manpower to take action against them. Yes, I can um, tell you that a lot of employers and employees really count on the work that you are doing in, in supporting the progressive uh, practices in Singapore. Now, how will the role of TAFEP change once the workplace fairness legislation comes in? Maybe I just take a step back uh, to explain a bit more and give some context on why we, the tripartite partners even decided on implementing this workplace fairness legislation. So really, as what our minister said earlier and what you said earlier, um, we really want to send a clear signal that workplace discrimination will not be tolerated in Singapore and really strengthen uh, the current framework that we have when it comes to addressing uh, workplace um, discrimination. And actually, in, in, in thinking about that, we want to maintain a harmonious workplace. Um, at the same time, we also want to make sure that this legislation benefits both employers as well as employees. 
for employees, of course, there's better protection afforded by the workplace fairness legislation, and they are able to seek redress if they uh, encounter workplace discrimination. But for employers, I think it sets a, the, the benchmark uh, on what it means to be fair, um, at that minimum standard. And so on top of that, then they build on more progressive employment practices. Uh, they can build up a more productive and engaged workforce, and it allows them to better attract and retain talent that would be important for them to grow the business. So I think that sets the tone for why uh, the tripartite partners even decided to, to even implement the workplace fairness legislation. So once the uh, uh, fairness legislation comes into place, um, Tafet will still remain as the first port of call outside the firm for workers who experience discrimination. Um, so what, what we mean by outside the firm, it means that actually uh, what we want to see is really a maintenance of a harmonious workplace culture. And that means that whenever there are grievances, whenever there are issues or concerns about workplace discrimination, we want the employer and HR to actually address it internally first. So wherever possible, address it internally through your own grievance handling channels. Uh, unions also play an important role. So today, unions also support their unionized members to resolve grievances and employers. So going forward also, um, we will also encourage uh, those who are union, uh, union members to also seek help from their unions before it even gets escalated to Tafet. But regardless, I think if grievance handling channels are not available, for example, or it just falls through and the employee still feels aggrieved, of course, then they come to Tafet. And what we'll do is to assess the case, assess what they are reporting, um, get details from them, what has happened to you, uh, what actions uh, were taken that made you feel discriminated, and then advise them on the next steps. Uh, what will change, actually, is that in future, um, all claims that fall under the workplace fairness legislation will undergo compulsory mediation. Why that is important is that, again, it's about um, timely res resolution of the issue. We don't want to take it through the courts and, and have a very litigious kind of workplace culture where everyone sues everyone else. <laughs> and um, it's more timely and it gives a platform for both the employer and the worker to uh, discuss and communicate better on what was the misunderstanding. Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. It may not really be a case of workplace discrimination. Um, and also try to mend that employment relationship. Uh, the worst thing we want is that the employment relationship is soured and then it's very hard for a worker to then continue in that job as well. So I think these are things that will change, uh, but Tafep still plays that role as the first part of call uh, for employees outside the firm. We will still continue to be, to be the one that employers can turn to when it comes to uh, resources, guidance, checklists, templates, and all the other good things that HR and employers can use to make sure that their practices and processes are uh, on the right side of the law. Well, that's a very noble mission. So thank you for explaining to us the essence of the WFL. My next question to you is, what are the safeguards that have been put in place against frivolous claims? So this has been a concern with the employers, right? Uh, with the legislation and this access to recourse and compensation even, um, will it lead to a behavior of more frivolous claims and more employees coming forward with frivolous claims? Um, so there are a few things that we are doing. Uh, first, when an employee, and even today, right, when an employee comes to Tafet and say, hey, I've been discriminated against, yeah. we will actually ask questions. We don't just take in reports wholesale. 
uh, we will ask them spe about specific incidents that led the claimant to believe that he or she has suffered from an adverse employment outcome uh, because of a protected characteristic. So uh, because of age, because of my sex, because of my nationality, right? So we would want to hear what is that specific incident that happened, what was said, uh, what actions were taken to make them feel that way, that they were discriminated. So that already helps us filter out some of the, the claims or the reports that may, may be uh, rather weak or maybe have no basis. Uh, the second thing that will be included in the legislation is that in future, the Employment Claims Tribunal uh, will be empowered to strike out frivolous or vexatious claims, which means that if um, the advice has been given to the person that, hey, you know, uh, this, this case is uh, not strong, I, we can't really hear where the discrimination took place, it doesn't seem to be an act of workplace discrimination, but the person still insists that, that they want to take the case all the way, uh, then the Employment Claims tri Tribunal can actually award costs of up to 5000 to be paid uh, by the person who strike out that case. La. So I think in that sense, it gives uh, reassurance to employers and HR that uh, there will be charging going and will be put in place. And at the same time, there's that portion about striking out of um, frivolous claims as well as the award of costs, meaning that someone who pursues a weak claim really could potentially be fined up to $5,000. Yeah, it's very important to have these safeguards in place. And I think it's very reassuring for the parties involved. Now, um, typically, how many workplace discrimination complaints would you say TAFEP receives on average per year? And have mm. you actually seen an improvement in the workplace fairness standards in the nation? So maybe I take this uh, on two fronts. Workplace discrimination complaints in the past five years, means uh, 2018 to 2022, we received an average of about 315 workplace discrimination complaints. Uh, the top ones tend to be about nationality. I was discriminated based on my nationality. Um, then I was discriminated based on my age and then my sex, right? So these are the more common ones that we see. But if we look at a year-on-year -year basis, we see that the trend of a uh, number of workplace uh, discrimination complaints is going down, is trending down. So for example, in 2022, uh, the number of discrimination complaints received by TAFET was around half of that of 2020. Um, and that can be attributed to about to two things. Uh, one is, of course, the enhanced enforcement efforts and, and penalties that we have put in place for employers who are discriminatory. The second one is that we also have stepped up a lot of our education and upstream efforts uh, to help employers put in place the right practices upstream so that they don't get into trouble or get uh, become the target of a complaint to TAFEP. Uh, so that's from the complaint point of view. Um, but we also know that um, not every worker or employee will feel comfortable coming forward to TAFEP to even report, even if they have experienced workplace discrimination. So um, on the Ministry of Manpower side, they have also been conducting regular surveys right, to measure the prevalence of workplace discrimination. And um, I think the trend has been also been uh, trending uh, to the positive, which means that the proportion of, for example, job applicants who said that they experienced workplace discrimination during job search um, in 2018 was 43%. So 43% said, hey, I experienced uh, discrimination during my job search. Uh, in 2022, it has dropped to 24%. So that's a positive and encouraging trend. So I think in general, um, 
I guess there's been more awareness um, and understanding of what workplace fairness, workplace discrimination is among employers. And therefore, we have also seen that trend of better practices and therefore less um, experiences of workplace discrimination. Well, those are really heartening trends and it's good to see that the prevalence of workplace discrimination is coming down. So with this trend in place, why do you feel there is still a need to introduce a new legislation? Yeah, there has been a question that comes out every time we uh, say that the, the stats and the number of complaints have been going down. As I said before, I think uh, we have always had a good framework for how to address workplace discrimination. We had the tripartite guidelines, we had, had enforcement action and measures. Uh, but we do see that any form of discrimination is one too many. Lah. So I think that that was the guiding thought uh, when the tripartite partners decided on the need uh, to introduce this new legislation. As I said before, the legislation also gives us some opportunity uh, to put in place uh, certain requirements uh, that would serve the workplace as well. So maybe i just share one. Uh, under the legislation, um, it will be a requirement for employers to put in place a proper grievance handling channel. And that's quite useful for a number of reasons. Really, one is that it allows uh, for proper communication and uh, addressing of misunderstanding and grievances early on and in a timely manner. Sometimes we at Tafet, we see um, cases that are reported in social media, but they never came to us. They never came to Tafet. I think... Um, where as, as far as possible, uh, where there are proper grievance handling procedures that are trusted, well communicated to the workers and employees, it helps them see that that is a channel to raise their concerns and their feedback rather than going through other means, right? On social media, coming to Tafet even, because that escalates the issue very quickly. And, and actually, it, it, it's a higher likelihood that it spoils and um, it's, more, it's harder la, to mend the, the employer-employee relationship after it gets escalated. So I think things like that um, really are, was the opportunity for us to also put these things and requirements into legislation. Uh, the other one that's also interesting is that we are going to have this where employers are able to give preference to older workers um, and persons with disability when hiring, which means that if, for example, two people uh, can meet the job requirements, the employer is able to say, oh, I will bring in the, the older worker first um, or I'll bring in the persons with disability first. And, and that is really quite in line with our uh, social agenda, right? Which is to ensure that uh, we support senior employment and also the employment of persons with disabilities. Lah. So seniors, meaning those aged above 55, and and I think that that would really help those employers who are progressive and inclusive and want to offer the opportunity la, to work um, for to seniors as well as those with disabilities. Uh, the, the new legislation will also put in a new feature, a new measure, which is that it will prohibit employers and HR from retaliating against those who report workplace discrimination or harassment. Uh, I think this is quite important. We have always heard uh, this common feedback from employees that they are hesitant to report workplace discrimination or harassment uh, due to this fear of retaliation. So in the, in the future, under legislation, um, it will clearly spell out what are potentially retaliatory actions that would constitute a breach. So for example, if you wrongfully dismiss an employee who has reported workplace discrimination, if you do a unauthorized salary deduction, for example, if you deprive them of contractual benefits 
or if you harass them, you know, after they have made a report on uh, workplace discrimination, that would constitute a breach under the legislation. I think this is also something that's new that will be introduced in legislation, which we couldn't really do before. Okay, thanks so much for explaining to us, Faith, the rationale and the strong reasoning for having this legislation. So my next question to you is, what actually constitutes discrimination? Is it possible for you to share an example for our listeners? Yeah, so I think um, the, what the legislation and actually the final report uh, did was to also define what is discrimination. In the past, our tripartite guidelines tend to talk about what is fair, what is merit-based, but we never had that definition. So in the report, it, it has defined a workplace discrimination as an adverse employment decision made because of any of the protected characteristics. So I think if we go back to what the protected characteristics are, right, uh, they would be age, nationality, sex, marital status, pregnancy status, caregiving responsibilities, this is one bucket, uh, race, religion, language, disability, and mental health conditions, right? So as long as there's a discrimination or adverse employment outcome uh, because taken because of any of these characteristics, it would constitute discrimination under the workplace fairness uh, legislation. And I, I think we started with these characteristics because um, if we look at the, num the types of workplace discrimination that TAFET uh, handles, um, more than 95% of the discrimination complaints uh, that we handle are of this nature, of this um, protected characteristics. Two examples of what could be uh, workplace discrimination. Um, one would be, for example, individual is applying for school enrichment uh, teacher a role in an enrichment center, for example. And of course, this enrichment center targets um, primary school children or even those before primary school, right? Young children. And then along the way uh, in the screening process, um, the interviewer and the hiring manager say, hey, you know, what's your age? You know, how old are you? And depending on the response, if the response is that, oh, you know, I'm 50, 55. And then the, the, the response that comes back is, oh, I don't think you'll be suitable because we need energetic people. We need uh, people who can keep up with the children. Uh, this could constitute workplace discrimination because it doesn't mean that someone who is older is not able to engage with young children, is not able to work with young children, is not able to teach young children. So that is one example where it's a potentially discriminatory. The other one would be, for example, if it's a nationality one, right? A job seeker applies for a role and fully meets the job requirements, uh, including the technical expertise needed, the years of relevant work experience. But during the interview, we saw that the hiring manager didn't consider this uh, candidate fairly and offered the job to a foreigner just because the foreigner is of the same nationality as the hiring manager or the line manager. So this could also amount to discrimination. Why? Because uh, what's the adverse employment outcome here is that they didn't get the job. And what's the protected characteristic in this case? It would be the nationality part. I think in combination, that would constitute something that the person could then come forward to TAFEP to file a claim on. Thanks for explaining those examples to us, Faith. And we really hope in the near future, all such incidents are stamped out. So my final question to you is, how should HR professionals prepare for the upcoming workplace fairness legislation? 
Yeah, that's a very important question for the listeners on HRO. For TAFAP and for, for the tripartite partners, we see HR professionals being very, a very crucial part in ensuring that the implementation of not just the workplace fairness legislation, but in general, right, fair and progressive practices uh, are implemented well and well understood, not just for themselves and their HR teams, but actually the line managers, the hiring managers, and even their leadership. So I think that we, we see them as a very important stakeholder. And I think what, what HR professionals need to uh, pay attention to, I think first, make sure you're familiar with what the recommendations are of that um, tripartite committee. Uh, it would uh, be a reflection of what the eventual workplace fairness legislation will be. And in the meantime, we have some time before it's implemented and enacted, um, 2024, right? So really, there's still time for HR to also uh, re-examine and re-review their existing practices, processes, to see that they are in line with the, the recommendations of the workplace fairness legislation. Actually, today we have self-assessment check that uh, HR and employers can use uh, to see whether they are in line with the tripartite guidelines. And because the tripartite guidelines is not far from what actually is expected of um, employers going forward under the legislation, I think that's quite an important tool that uh, HR and employers can use to just do a self-assessment, self-check. And then from there, you know, we, we understand where the gaps are, what needs to be worked on, um, and then put in place the necessary um, measures lah, to close those gaps. The other one is really about grievance handling. I mentioned before, it will be a requirement under the workplace fairness legislation to have a proper grievance handling process. Better to implement it earlier rather than later and to get uh, employees familiar and to trust in that system of grievance handling so that by the time legislation is rolled out, it's not new. There's no need to scramble. For example, things like um, the actual sharing with employees what the actual process is, reassuring them that confidentiality will be preserved and telling them things about timeliness, how long it will take before a grievance, uh, we, uh, the employee gets back to them on any grievance reports they put in. So these are things that if it's done early, it prevents the rush uh, subsequently. On that grievance handling part, I think there are workshops available. There are also template grievance handling policies and processes that are available on TAFAP's website uh, that can be taken and, and used by HR professionals. So I think these two areas. Um, the third one maybe also is about how is HR going to prepare hiring managers and line managers for the workplace fairness legislation. Um, we know that HR teams uh, cannot control every process they can set policy, but um, at the working level, interactions, um, during interviews, job interviews, sometimes it's the line managers and the hiring managers that slip up and are not actually familiar with the guidelines today. Uh, and that's what we see when, it, when we see complaints that come in. Sometimes it's not HR that doesn't know. It's usually sometimes the line managers and hiring managers. So what steps can HR take now so that they can educate their own line managers uh, the supervisors in their organizations on what the, the workplace fairness legislation is, that start building that culture lah, of being fair and inclusive in the workplace. Because I think it's also a mindset. Actually, if we are fair, respectful and inclusive, these practices will follow and the actions that we take are unlikely to be discriminatory. So I think these are things that HR can pay attention to. There's still time, right? Uh, it's only in 2024 that the legislation will be enacted. So do um, take the opportunity to um, 
start now. Don't rush later on. And uh, come to Tafab's website, so www.tafab.sg, uh, where there's quite a large range of resources already available uh, for HR to use. Thank you so much for enforcing all of those. And I'm sure that those um, recommendations are very important to all of our listeners. I think that is, in fact, all the time that we have for in today's podcast. But we're really hoping that the discussion today has helped our listeners think about how they want to build a fair, respectful and inclusive workplace today, tomorrow and in the future. Thank you so much for joining us, Faith. Thank you, Aditi. To all of our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us for the next one as well. Take care and goodbye.